0: Well, hey everyone, good evening and uh, welcome to day number 10. You have made it to day number 10 of our Easter Countdown devotional. I hope that you had a good day today, beautiful sunshine out there, so maybe you've uh, been able to go and take a walk and get a little bit of fresh air, try and change the pace a little bit, and uh, I know you've you've been watching the news as... Uh, as I have. And boy, it, you, you, you watch too much and it can get a little bit depressing. So sometimes it's good to change the pace. Sometimes it's good to give yourself a little bit of hope. And uh, that's really what we're doing in these Easter devotionals is uh, trying to get us to focus on the unchanging uh, Word of God and the unchanging truth of Easter. And remember, if you are keep, if you keep watching these Uh, On Easter Sunday, you could very well be the winner of a brand new iPad. And I'm working on the whole uh, system of how it's going to be, this game that we're going to play, this quiz. And it looks really, really fun, and uh, you're going to enjoy that very, very much. Uh, Remember as well, uh, just a little reminder of something that I've messaged uh, in different ways to our church. Uh, There's a movie that was released today for rent called I Still Believe. And this is the true story of worship leader Jeremy Camp. And I would highly recommend that you take a look at this uh, if you know how to um, rent movies on Google Play and um, iTunes or Apple TV or probably other major platforms you will find this movie. I think it's about 20 bucks to rent, but that's because uh, it was in the theaters and all the theaters are shut down. So they've released it early, and that will give you encouragement for your soul. Believe me, that uh, the tremendous uh, uh, story of what happened in uh, in his life, tremendous story of perseverance and faith, even in the midst of difficulty and uh, suffering. So, uh, in any case, we're we're um, back in uh, the Easter story here, and I want to show you something out of Matthew's gospel. It's only there, and this is the conclusion of the narrative of Judas uh, and his betrayal of Jesus, uh, him taking his own life, but what happens after that? It's a really good illustration of something. So the chief priests picked up the coins. Remember the 30 silver coins. This is verse 6 of uh, Matthew chapter 27. You're not going to find this narrative in Mark or Luke or John. Uh, But the chief priests picked up the coins and said, It is against the law to put this into the treasury, referring to the temple treasury, since it is blood money. So it's the money of betrayal. It's not holy. So they decided to use the money to buy a potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Kind of grim there. Uh, Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. And he quotes from the Old Testament here, They took the 30 silver coins, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Now, if you go back into the Old Testament, uh, and you l- try and find the reference, it's really interesting problem because this quote is actually from the minor prophet Zechariah, and yet Matthew says it's from Jeremiah. When you do a little bit of digging, however, you find that while he quotes from Zechariah, he is alluding to something in Jeremiah as well, uh, which you'll find in Jeremiah 19, Jeremiah 32, this buying of this field um, and money given to a potter on the one hand, but the buying of the, of the field on the other. Anyway, you have to put together two passages of, of uh, symbolic prophecy, really, to understand what Matthew is doing. And it wasn't uncommon that when they quoted from the Old Testament, they would sometimes quote from a minor prophet and use a major prophet's name. Uh, you do see this in a couple of other places in the Gospels. When you say major prophet, we're talking about major in the sense of the size of their book. Minor prophet would be, again, a reference to the size of their book being smaller. So there's it's a problem, but it's a solvable problem, and you have to do a little bit of digging to figure it out. But a couple of remarkable things about this. When you read the passage out of Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12 and 13, You see that the prophet Zechariah is asked to um, uh, pasture a a flock um, as a symbol of of, uh, God's relationship with Israel. And um, you, you can read it in Zechariah chapter 11, but basically there's this symbolic sale of God himself for 30 pieces of silver. It's a remarkable little minor thing, but uh, here you have God saying, oh, this is is what they sold me for. And here you see in Matthew, it's what they sold Jesus for. And so what you have, and Matthew does this very often, is he's hinting at the deity of Christ and that Jesus Christ is, is God. He's, he's saying here in the Old Testament, uh, God was sold, and here it's Jesus being sold. And the Jewish reader of the first century would say, ah, he's trying to infer that Jesus Christ is Yahweh, that he is God. Uh, that's the one thing. But the other is this whole idea of the prophetic picture of Jesus's life as being something that's all foretold in the Old Testament. And the Gospel writers do this over and over again. Matthew does it for a Jewish audience. Mark and Luke and John do it in different ways. And some of the ways that they do it are just astounding. Uh, One particular uh, section of prophecy which is astounding is in the 22nd Psalm And uh, I'd give you some homework to read the 22nd Psalm, which is referenced a little bit in the, when when you see Jesus crucified, but not a whole lot. Um, The most famous line of that Psalm is the first verse, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Well, I challenge you to read that whole Psalm and you will be stunned at how it portrays a crucifixion. The thing is, the psalm was written a thousand years before. It's an absolutely stunning example of this whole thing of predictive prophecy. And we do see this in the scripture, and it is a powerful evidence of the inspiration of the Bible, the divine inspiration of the Bible. And in days like this, like never before, we have to be able to say... God, we may not be able to trust anything anymore, but we can still go to your word, which is unchanging because it speaks of an unchanging God. Uh, The book of Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, no matter what we're living through, no matter what we're going through, we have an eternal God who has spoken to us through his word and has left a an imprint of himself and his power in his word for us to to discover for us to trust so we don't worship the bible we worship god we worship jesus but at the same time uh this is an inspired book this is a trustworthy book so i hope you're in the book and i hope you're getting to know the book a little bit more and more and more as we journey towards easter together Uh, You're going to get an invitation by email. Many of you have received it today. You'll also get one by text tomorrow to join us on Sunday after our 11 a.m. service uh, for another Zoom call where we will check in with one another and get to see each other's faces. And uh, we're going to have a time of prayer with one another as well. So I pray you would join us 11 a.m. Sunday for our live stream, which is on Facebook you do not need a Facebook account to watch. Just go to facebook.com slash Quebec, or just go follow us on Facebook if you do have an account. And uh, then you can also download that Zoom app to join us. Very, very simple uh, to get on to Zoom. So God bless you, everyone. I will be back with you on Monday for day number 11 of our countdown to Easter. Have a great night, everyone.